here on Mutiny Radio .fm in .sf. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We've got a couple comedians here today, so we'll definitely have time for comments if people want to give them after your set. Um, but as always, pay attention, be a good audience. You'll hear a horn, which means you have a minute. So usually we do four-minute sets, but since it looks like we're super light again tonight, we might have longer sets. We'll see. Just, you know, how the horn works. All right, your first comedian. I'm just going to go in the order that y'all came. Um, your first comedian, clap your hands together, everybody, for Sheridan. Yay. <laughs> so great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I am a social drinker, uh, and I feel most social when I'm at home alone. Uh, I, I drink a, a, few a few different things depending on the occasion. Um, let's see, beer, sake, wine, lighter fluid. Uh, it just depends. Um, I'm on a grain-free diet, which is, is working out, um, well, for a while. Uh, and, uh, well, everything's grain-free except vodka. Uh, and I drink blueberry vodka because it reminds me of my grandma because... Um, it tastes and smells like a blueberry pie, but mostly because she's an alcoholic. Um, I, I've been doing some yoga to release my stress, and, uh, and they say to personalize the poses, which has really worked out for me, uh, and it's really effective. I have one that I've personalized where I, I cradle my head in my hands like this and lean forward, and it's called I'll Never Drink Again. So... Um, and I'm on a new diet. I'm, I'm, it's working, it's working really well. It's the self-loathing diet, uh, much more effective than keto or any of the others. Uh, and it's, it's a lot less work because instead of hating some, you know, big complicated diet, you just hate yourself. So that's been a, that's been a super game changer. Love it. All right. So I was in, uh, I was in the Tenderloin, and uh, I wanted to give this homeless guy a dollar, and the, the, my coworker was like, don't do that, he's just going to spend it on drugs and alcohol, and, and I was thinking to myself, that's precisely where it's going if I keep it. So, and then my, uh, oh yeah, this, this guy walked up to me, this happened last week, and uh, asked me if I was a prostitute. Anyone else? Yeah. I guess my push-up bra's working. I don't know. I was pretty excited. Uh, but then, like, less than a minute later, someone asked me if I was a social worker. So I, I get it. Uh, I'm the prostitute who cares. I just want you to get a heart on. Can I give you a head and a hug? You can pay me in candy kisses. So, um, and I was married for, for five years um, in the... I lived over in the East Bay, and um, and people are just different. I don't do the whole blame thing, right? Blame the ex. That's so stereotypical. We're just different. I'm an introvert, and he's a pervert. <laughs> That's how we're how we're totally different. And it's a lot more. It's actually was kind of intense and complicated. He transitioned during the marriage. Uh, he transitioned into a total asshole. Uh, is how that works. So yeah, yeah. So. 
Uh, I went to the hairdresser. I'm trying to fix up a little to date one day again. And, um, and uh, you know, I'm thinking that going to the hairdresser is a lot like going to the, gyne the gynecologist because you wear a gown with bows. You know, something's going on back there. You don't quite know what it is, but you hope it's going well. The only difference is that with the gynecologist, they don't bring out a big mirror and show you their work when they're done. So, um, so I have a, thank you, Pam. I, uh, I have a, I went to the eye doctor too. I'm trying to get all my appointments out of the way. I have this convergence inconsistency thing. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's when all of a sudden something starts getting closer and closer. Uh, you start seeing double, like about this point. It, it's fine. It just, it makes it really hard to give a blow job. That's all. Um, and, uh, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you on this. Um, I, you know, I've gotten a little bit of attention from the building exterminator. Um, he's from another country, and he's trying to ask me about my workouts and make it more and more progressively sexual, the conversation. He's like, uh, do you do the chest press? I'm like, not usually. Do you do the thigh, master? I'm like, no. I think what he really wants to know is, can I shoot a ping pong ball across the room? I think that's really what he's wondering. Okay, thank you guys. It's been great. Everyone, people really liked your marriage material today. Yay! They must be in an unhappy marriage themselves. Who knows? Uh, your next comedian. Uh, I've met his wife, and she is indeed real. Put your hands together for Mark Pouche. I, on the other hand, am not real. Thank you very much, Pam. I love America. You know, for over almost 6,000 years, the world's been trying to wipe the Jews off the face of the earth. But here in America, the home of the brave, the land of the free, Jews can marry anybody they want, and they can eat bacon. So they're assimilating, which is the real final solution. I am so done with all these immigrants taking American jobs, real American jobs. I mean, America should be for America. If you, you really need to leave unless your family tree can trace its way back to Columbus. I don't really want to alienate anybody. I thought that was going to go better than it did. Uh, um, at my age, which is 73, I often... You know, forget what day it is. This morning I got up and I got dressed for church. Getting dressed for church on Monday morning, that is so stupid. I don't go to church on Monday morning. I'm Jewish. I don't go to church at all. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Kanye have got it all wrong. The Jews don't control the weather. They don't control the banks. They don't control the media. And good golly, Miss Molly, they did not sink the Titanic. That was an iceberg, not a Goldberg. And I'll tell you another thing. You know, not all Jews are Netanyahu. Not all Israelis are the right-wing government. And not all Palestinians are terrorists. I mean, just like in America, not all Americans are Trumpsters. Not all Gen Zs are bisexual. And not all Philly sports fans I got, didn't expect you to laugh. That's great. And all those Philly sports fans are assholes. Oh, yeah, they really are. You know, getting older sucks. It really does. When I had kids that were toddlers, my toddlers thought I was a genius. 
When my kids were teenagers, they thought I was an idiot. When they became young adults, they thought I was the ATM. Now that they're grown and they have their own families, they treat me like I'm the child. They say things like, my house, my rules. It's still COVID out there, wear a mask. And dad, stop fidgeting, we're trying to change your diaper. I hate the fact that just because I'm over 70, people think that I'm old. Can you believe that, Lauren? That on the BART, it's the pregnant women that give me their seats. And that my only pickup line is help. I fall and I can't get it up. <laughs> but I, I get it. I, I do. People get older, they change. A young man at 22 dreams of having a mistress who's young <laughs> and sexy and will dress up like a nurse. Whereas an old man of 92 dreams of having a mistress that's a nurse. The young man really wants his mistress to knock his socks off. The old man really wants his mistress to just put his pressure socks back on. Personally, I don't think you're old unless your side piece is your night nurse and your spouse appreciates the help. And I'm not old. I walk my dog every day, twice a day, for two hours. All right, it should only be an hour and a half, but that dog stops every 10 minutes so I can pee. I'm Mark Palchik, and I would love to have some notes. Everyone, wow, killing it with the erectile dysfunction material. <laughs> Unlikely, but fantastic. I don't, we don't, we, this audience is weird today. I like it. Keeping, keeping it, re, keeping the audience real. Your next comedian. Oh, we're not, you're, you're good. Yay, Mark Balchick. Yay. Uh, you're not, yeah, don't die. Your next comedian. Uh, so edgy, so lovely, so challenging. Uh, put your hands together for Harvey Walsh Avon. Yay! You got it! What it takes! Go get it! Where you want it! Go get it! Uh, I'm, I'm doing different material today. Maybe just as edgy. I don't know. It depends how you feel. Uh, so I've been talking to a new girl lately. She has a wiener. And a great personality. She makes short films, but people seem most invested in that first part. I don't blame them. It's pretty interesting. I don't know my family would be interested. I haven't told them yet. No, I don't think they would care. Um, I just also got fired last week, and that's a lot to roll into the holidays with. <laughs> like, I'm on unemployment, and I'm fiddling with feminine weens. It's just... It's just a lot, I think. Anyway, we've been talking. Uh, we were actually talking a couple months ago, and she said to me something that uh, I've never, you know, no one's ever said to me before. Um, and she said, spread them. So that caught me a little off guard. Caught me a little off guard. Uh, so we, I split, not my ass, just we didn't talk for a little while. I had to collect my thoughts. Like a month later, I'm talking to a different girl of the vaginal variety. Um, I think we got one back there. And, and she said, I want you to tell me everything you're going to do to me. I said, OK, uh, I'm going to have sex with you. And she said, no. I want you to tell me everything 
you're going to do to me. I want paragraphs of smut. And I said, okay, I understand the situation. So I went and I fulfilled that spread them request immediately because uh, I fucking hate doing homework way more than I thought, apparently. You learn something new every day. Um, okay, where are we at? Guys, I like pussy, okay? Uh, I like pussy, but what I really like is women, okay? Pussy specifically never really been my thing. I don't even really like the word pussy. I have a lisp. My mouth was not formed to throw that word around willy-nilly. Not a big fan of the word cock either, to be honest. Uh, I'm working with ween and peen right now. That's what I'm, that's really where I'm comfortable. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm very pro-trans. Uh, a little bit for selfish reasons. Um, pro-trans. Because if trans women aren't real women, then I've, I've suddenly found myself having done a lot of gay shit lately, which is fine. Nothing wrong with gay shit. It's just not me, okay? I wouldn't do that. Not me. Nothing wrong with it. Okay, cool. Interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to want notes on this specifically from Alex. <laughs> uh, okay does feel kind of gay sometimes, if I'm being honest. She always wants to be like gay bars, which is not a problem, just kind of gay, okay? Uh, another thing is, the other night I was getting con constructive criticism on my butt pics from my roommates and their girlfriends. That was a problem. I think we all woke up felt feeling like pretty strange after that. Also kind of gay, but separately. A problem with oversharing and kind of gay separately. <laughs> Finally, uh, we were talking on the phone and she wanted to hear my voice, uh, but I didn't want my roommates to hear in the other room, so I went under my blanket and I was whispering about dick. That felt very gay, very, very gay. I felt like Harry Potter under there doing like little gay spells, hoping my roommates didn't barge in like Hagrid, like, you're a faggot, Harvey. Okay, cool. That line was a risk. Didn't hit, good to know. Pam, what am I on time? Am I over? That's all I got. I can do that line again, and that's it. <laughs> all right, cool. That's, that's all I got, y'all. That's it. Yay, Harvey Washington. So edgy. So edgy. All edge. Or you know, very normal. Uh, you know what was, um, I'm so, I just ate an edible and it just kicked in. It made me think of Shakespeare. Um, and you know when he wrote the line, I think he doth protest too much. <laughs> that's, that's all I have to say about that. It's very funny stuff. Put your hands together for Harvey, everyone. Yay. Your next comedian is new to the room. So that means... Be as cool as you've been to everybody else. You guys are being you guys are being good, listening, attentive, lovely audience. Put your hands together for Ryan. Yay. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. What's going on, everybody? How you guys doing? Uh, my name is Ryan Rodriguez. I um, first just want to say it's nice uh, to hear somebody talk about gay shit in San Francisco. Um, and not talking about gay men in the toilet. That's, that's 
good to hear. Um, you have to be so literal when you talk about anything anything that has to do with uh, homosexuality in, in San Francisco. You, I I miss just being able to say that's gay. Like it, it happened. Uh, you know, we I grew up in the '90s when we said that's gay. It was just. That was it. We were talking. We weren't even talking about homosexuality most of the time. We were talking about something stupid, like, "Oh, you're not, you know, you're gonna wear those shoes." Hmm, that's gay. But nowadays, you can't say that anymore. And I just did it 14 times. Fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> Shit happens. Um, it's okay. My parents didn't swim across the border for me to worry about your feelings. <laughs> They just didn't. They just didn't. Um, I'm single. Big surprise. Um, I uh, just recently uh, broke uh, broke it off with my ex. Actually, she broke up with me. Uh, she stated that uh, I have a, a weight problem. She said that I'm overweight, uh, which is kind of a fucked up reason, uh, you know, to to break up with somebody. I think you know, um, if if I was her, I would have broke up with me for all the times I cheated on her, but. Um, <laughs> You know, shit happens. Um, I actually, I, I did cheat on her, but it was because I'm overweight, you know. She get, she nagged me all the time to go on a diet. And when I finally did, she said I could have a cheat day. Um, <laughs> shit, you know, I took advantage. It's not my fault she wasn't specific. Um, I follow, I'm following in the steps of Snoop Dogg, ladies and gentlemen. I have stopped smoking weed uh, with white people. Um... You guys are the champs. You guys take it. I'm, I'm, I'm handing in my weed card. You guys take it, please. I, I, can't, I can't keep up with you guys. Back when I was smoking weed, there was four ways to do it. Blunt, pipe, joint, bong. That was it. Now you guys are smoking out of HVAC systems, electrical pens. I can't keep up with you guys. You, know, you guys are smoking out of rigs, dab rigs. Has anybody, has anybody doing dabs? Like, they say, oh, a little dab will do you. No, a little dab will fucking kill you. <laughs> Fuck that. Can't do it. I went to my friend's house. He had a gas mask hooked up to a vacuum cleaner, hooked up to his air conditioning unit. I've never been this high in my life. I'll, and I'll tell you, I was sitting at his microwave for three hours trying to enter my PIN number, waiting for DoorDash, right, watching some stupid-ass show called Finding Bigfoot. Have you guys seen this show, Finding Bigfoot? It's on Animal Planet of all channels. I don't. I thought this was supposed to be reserved for like I don't know real animals. Um, but no. Apparently, they have this show that's been running for ten seasons, mind you. And let me set up the show. Three guys who are pigmently challenged from Southern California. Um, they go anywhere in the world anyone has taken a blurry picture and called it Bigfoot because, of course, you know, Bigfoot has a passport. Um, and they set up CIA-grade surveillance equipment. I'm talking lasers, motion detectors, anything you can find. They are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to find a mythical creature. And yet, we can't, we can't find any better solution for immigration than a wall like, I'm sorry. I think I speak for all Latinos when I say this. When it comes to the wall, we'll get over it. <laughs> My name's Ryan Rodriguez. You guys are you. Thank you. Yay, Ryan Rodriguez. Ending on a wall joke like a professional. That was lovely.
No, that's good. That's good. Uh, your next comedian is so funny and wonderful and glad. I'm glad that she's here. Put your hands together for Lauren Kraut. Yay! You can't bother. You can't say it. Don't know what I'm talking about. But one day, that's okay. <laughs> that is that is weird. Okay, uh, we're never just one thing. We're a bunch of things. I'm not just an um, anorexic. I'm an anorexic comedian with a microphone, and that spells trouble. Yes, trouble, my friend, with a capital T that rhymes with P, and that stands for penis. And that's me being a professional and inserting a dick joke at the first opportunity. <laughs> I'm not just a comedian, I'm also a voter with opinions. And that also spells trouble. I'm an anorexic comedian, voter with opinions, and a microphone. And that clearly points to a career in politics. But I'm not going to, I always, uh, all right. I'm not going to um, run for office anytime soon because I am also a person with a past. Surely you've heard me talk about it. Don't make me go into detail here and drudge up old memories. Don't send me into an abyss of depression. I cannot be a politician because I have too many skeletons in my closet. The Times would be all over that shit. Local suicidal comedian thinks she can solve world's problems with dark humor. Look under your chair. Fifth, everyone get a 5150. 5150 for everyone. <laughs> All right, thank you. That's, that's my good one, new one all typed out. Here's another one that's new that's not. No. Okay. Why is it important that when we see someone coming to us, by us, for the first time, to determine whether that person is male or female? Why do we think about that? Is that one of the things that we innately seek out because it's a survival thing? I find it interesting. Are you a male who might be stronger and bigger than me and hurt me? Are you a female who's, who might be angry that I'm messing with her, cu her cubs nearby and more ferocious than the male? Are you maybe a female who doesn't have cubs and is just out to have a good time? Where's the ketamine? It's important. I don't know. I, I, don't, I like that. We're working on that one. Here's another one. Why are we wired to like lessons? you know, like teaching and learning lessons. We want to learn and grow, so we're drawn to things and events and people that teach us things to uh, learn. And it's always happening, and it's always changing, and it's always around us. Like right now, for instance, I'm learning that you can't ramble on an exposition for too long without having a punchline. Because <laughs> the audience is going to lose interest. <laughs> Insert act out right here. All right, that's all I have that's new. I don't know. If I had one of their, um, oh, suicide checklist. <laughs> this is where I've been thinking lately. One, reason to die. Two, means to that end. Three, suicide note, very important. Four, despair. That's as far as I got. <laughs> But I'm still here, so that's all good. All right. Uh, I, I, I probably I have one minute. Okay, cool. Um, um, 
on the bus today, there was a guy sitting in the back, in the very back seat, and he had on headphones, and he was on the phone talking to somebody. I don't know how he was, but he was so loud. He kept saying the same thing over and over again. But I see if I can remember what he said. Do you want me to jerry him? And, I, and he kept saying, I'm going to the hospital. Do you want me to jerry him? And I, and I was like, well, jerry him already and get off the bus. You're so fucking loud. I don't know. Thank you for, this, for helping me with the new jokes. If you have any comments, I appreciate them. Thank you, Pam. Yay, Lori Crow. Yay. Don't die. You can, you can tag that joke, though, back with your one about uh, when you make the decision, the important decision about college ruled or of your suicide, your suicide, your other suicide note joke. College ruled. Yeah, you can, put, you can push those together. I'm just saying, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, they're, they're both funny. And then you, you said something and it made me think of something. I'm sorry, I've had like two edibles and so it's, my brain is just, oh, yeah, when people are loud on the bus, I honestly think that it's because they're not listened to in any other part of their life. And so when they're on the bus, they choose to be loud because they're forcing people to listen to them. It's just a weird psychological thing. And one thing I overheard once, which was my favorite thing ever, was, and I quote, I came so hard on her chest, I knocked the wind out of her. And I turned around to see what magical beings said this incredible sentence. And it was like a 16-year-old Filipino boy. And I was like, what porn are you watching, sir? Because what a dialogue. That was a great... Um, that was great, great new stuff, Lauren. Uh, your next comedian, uh, put your hands together. Every, or, Ian, you have to get out of here, right? You have a hard out? Okay, why don't you go up next then? Put your hands together for Ian Langland. Hey, thank you, everybody. You ever uh, come on a girl so hard you knock the wind out of her? <laughs> Been there. My load goes crazy. Okay, let's do it, guys. Uh, I like rap. I'm a big fan of rap music. Uh, I think it sucks that all white rappers are bad because it gives us as a race bad cred. I don't think that's fair. And I think the reason why they're so bad at rap is because they haven't experienced enough hardships to be good at music, you know? Do you guys remember Macklemore? Remember when Macklemore was a big deal? Macklemore, he had a song where the first line of the song, he goes, in the third grade, I thought I was gay. That was the hardest thing Macklemore experienced in his entire life. That was the hardest thing, being eight years old and being like, I might be gay, I don't know, my diaper's full. That was his life. It was a tough day. Also, you know what's harder than thinking you're gay? Being gay. That's harder, Macklemore. <laughs> Gain a little perspective, okay? That's crazy. You know what a hard life, 50 Cent, 50 Cent had a hard life, uh, had a rough life, so much so that he got shot nine times and he survived. Uh, the first time Macklemore got shot, Moderna. That was the first time he got shot, so. All right, that was the dumbest thing I've ever said. Moving on. Uh, I watched the Niner game on Sunday with my dad. Uh, my dad's like the biggest Niner fan I know, diehard Niner fan. So much so that if you go back nine months of the days me and my sister were born, they both line up with 49er playoff wins, which is like, that's some crazy dedication. <laughs> He's like, I don't score unless my boys do, Okay. <laughs> We just won the divisional round against the Packers. Where's my wife? I'm feeling horny. I got to fuck her right now. Where's she at? I think that's some wild, it's some wild dedication. I got a pair of little brothers. They're twins, and their birthday doesn't line up with a 49er playoff win. 
which means they're a mistake, okay? That's what that means. If Steve Young didn't get dad horny, you're not a Langlands, okay? That's how it works here in this family. He loves the Niners, though. The other day, he just called me out of the blue, and he's like, Ian, you know what happened on this day 30 years ago? Joe Montana threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. He made me so proud. I'm like, cool, Dad. Uh, I graduated college. Does that make you proud? And he's like, how does that translate to touchdowns? I'm not quite following. Uh, what's the conversion rate on that? That's good. Okay, we're doing it, guys. These are so, the, the laughter in my head is going crazy, so I think that's all that matters. Uh, my sister just got engaged. I got an older sister. She just got engaged. Uh, big deal. Got gay engaged. She's a lesbian. Uh, okay, yeah, thank you. Thank you. This is about me, though. Uh, <laughs> so buckle up. She got gay engaged. Same week she got gay engaged. I got straight person dumped in the same week. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, a win is a win, right, you know? And I, I, we both told our mom, and uh, she went first, and she was like, ah, me and Nicole are engaged. My mom was, you know, not shocked, but happy, you know? And then I went, and my mom started crying. I win. <laughs> I, beat, I beat the lesbians for once, okay? It's tough for a straight white guy, okay? So I got to take what I can, all right, you guys? I got to take my wins. And then I told my dad, I was like, Dad, uh, me and my girlfriend broke up, and he's like, is that kind of like when the Niners traded Steve Young? Is that kind of like the same thing? And I'm like, I exactly, it's the same. It exactly the same. People are trying to be supportive of the breakup. They're like, it's okay, Ian, you get to meet people, you get to date again, you get to do all that. I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to do any of that. I feel like I had it figured out. I was doing okay. Like, I feel like I had a car that I knew, you know? Like, I knew the tire treads. I knew the mileage. I knew if you jiggled the key correctly, it would squirt. I knew all the things... And now I got to get Kelly Blue Books and Carfax. And, uh, you know, I don't want to just settle for some jalopy, you know. I feel like I got I to gotta get something good. Okay, that's all I'm going to do. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Ian Langlands, I have a tag for you. I think that in that 49er joke, when you're playing around with that new stuff, I think there's a betting joke in there. There's an over-under or a point differential joke. Because if he says, or what's the spread on that? What's the point spread? Right? So it's like a betting joke. I think that's like, yay, that was, it's funny, funny new stuff. And it's so appropriate right now because it's Niner season. So that's what a good opportunity to have those jokes. You bet. Your next comedian, put your hands together for Melissa Christine. Yay. So I know not everyone is familiar with this, uh, but it came up for me recently. So I'll just tell you, I do not like squid games. Um, but that's what I call the thing when I'm really wet and he can't stay hard. Because it's like this, like, like a salty, slippery sea creature. Okay, just stop at the first part. If you think that's graphic, remember Missy Elliott's song, Work It? That came out when I was like 12. And I took it very literally, go downtown and eat it like a vulture. Picture vultures eating. I'll help you. <laughs> I was like, is that supposed to feel good? Is that what grown-ups do? 
I like that song though. It got me real excited for sex because I was like, oh, I want to be sexed so good. I say blah blah blah. What does that even mean? I still don't know what it means. I'm on TikTok. That's what I call my biological clock. Because I don't, I don't know how it works. It's just going fast, and it makes me feel old. And it's cuter than my shriveling ovaries. <laughs> so I am looking for a, a male mate to fertilize me. And the search is going a lot better since I took that line off my Bumble profile. I was told it was not chill. But there's a guy I've been dating for a little bit. He's pretty good. And he's very confident. He drives a Buick. That is big dick energy. This is a secure man. He also has a big dick. It's a big squid. Sorry. Ah. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's very sweet. When we first started dating, he would call me beautiful a lot. And I, I know that's nice, but I actually felt kind of weird about it. Told him that, like, I don't, I don't identify with that. Like, I'd rather be funny than be beautiful. And thank you. <laughs> but no, he thought about that. And he looked at me and gently stroked my cheek and said, you look really funny tonight. He listened, he took feedback, he applied the feedback. I think he could fertilize me. <laughs> he might be my baby daddy. What else? Uh, so growing up, my mom didn't drink alcohol because she wanted to show us that, you know, adults don't have to drink alcohol. And what I learned from that is that the adult at dinner who doesn't drink is the least fun, least funny person there. So it kind of backfired, Mom. It was embarrassing, thank you. I have depression, uh, but I manage it pretty well. So like I have depression, that's kind of the world I live in. But day to day, I've got good habits, so it's going okay. Like I'm kind of, it's like the glass is half full, but the glass is cracked. <laughs> And there is a chip on the rim that you make the wrong move. It will cut you. If you handle me wrong, I will break. But the class is like pretty full right now, so that's pretty good. Okay, thank you for your time, Mutiny Radio. Melissa Christine, everyone. That Squid Games joke is funny. Uh, your next comedian is headlining Cobbs this Sunday. Yeah, oh get God. your tickets oh now. I know, I get to open for him. I'm super excited for him. Uh, put your hands together, everybody. For Spencer Devine, yeah! Life, take your time, climb your goals. Hey, just a couple of shout-outs, everybody. Give it up for uh, Mark from earlier. Or as I like to call him, get off of my lawn, get into my car. Bam! Here we go. Uh, I, uh, uh, you may not believe this. My parents also crossed the border. Oh, I'm sorry. I misspoke. My f stepdad got crossfaded at a Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> same, 
Same, same diff, same thing. Uh, I also wrote my suicide note and I thought I'd checklist. Milk, eggs, fuck! Okay. You <laughs> Uh, I recently saw a bumper sticker on the back of a gas truck and it said, warning, we'll stop at all railroad crossings. I'm like, yeah, good idea. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know who's, I'd be much more worried if there was a bumper sticker that's like, I don't stop for shit, trains be damned. Like, that's the guy you gotta worry about. It's like, I'm gonna drive through that train. You guys may be wondering, Spencer, why don't you trust geese? Now, you weren't necessarily wondering that, but you you could have been. The world is infinite. Don't shut down my art. Uh, I think a bigger, more important question is why wouldn't I trust a bird infamous for biting children and old people? Just going after the most vulnerable members of our society and we're not doing anything about it. Okay? Raise your hand if you've ever heard that Geese bite children and old people. Okay, secondary question. Uh, have you ever done anything about it? No, you haven't! That's why it's still a problem. How many, how many children and old people does a species of animal have to bite before we're like, yeah, that's a thing they do. <laughs> like that, we should, it's been around for a long time too. Think about the game Duck, Duck, Goose. Duck, cool. Duck, calm. Duck, keeping his shit together. Goose, freaks the fuck out! Chases another child around the circle, I assume to bite them, as they have done and will continue to do, as victims say nothing! Did, fun nature fact. Did you know that geese have 7 to 13 extra bones in their neck? And each one is a middle finger to God. Just a devil bird, not meant to be trusted. He made those, God just made them wrong. He, he put their brain way too far away from their heart. They never stood a chance biologically. Geese, giraffes, brachiosauruses, all sons of bitches. <laughs> Look into it. When... When someone is going to shoot you with a gun, what do people yell? They yell duck. They yell duck every time. If someone yells goose, that's because you're about to die in Top Gun. All I'm saying is maybe if his name had been Duck, he would still be alive. Think about it. Uh, uh, people always are like, Spencer, how are you such a charming uh, ball of sunshine and light? And I think it's, you have to look at the little things, okay? That's how you live a happy life. You look at the little things. Like I was on the bus on the way here and two guys got in a fist fight, okay? And there was blood and there was like a tooth. People got involved that shouldn't have gotten involved. It was everything you want from a bus fight. And then on the way here, I saw a lizard at night. 
Equal levels of excitement for me. What's that lizard doing out? He's cold-blooded. Okay, winning the lottery. Finding a shirt on the ground that's not inside out and still smells okay. Equal levels. The birth of my firstborn child. Finding one onion ring in my french fries. Equal levels. Uh, okay, I'll do uh, one more. I'll do some impressions. Um, you like them. Okay, this is my impression. Thank you. This is my impression of the world's loudest mime. Ah! Okay, this is my impression of the world's quietest ventriloquist. Okay, you guys know those you guys know those wacky inflatable arm guys outside car dealerships? One of those right wing conspiracy theorists. Okay. I've never seen Obama take a bath. If the world isn't flat, explain maps! Ah! Okay, last impression. This is my impression of a magician got fired, got hired as a bartender. Magician, bartender. Is this your card? Vanessa. Okay, thank you so much. Yay! So funny, and you can see him December 10th at Cobbs. Get your tickets now if you need a link. Let us know. We have a couple comedians left on the list. Stick around and keep being an awesome audience. Your next one from out of town. Put your hands together for Dana. Hey, guys. Uh... You ever go to an open mic? <laughs> you ever go to an open mic and a big wig walks in, gets on the mic and kills it and then leaves? And I laugh so hard because they're so funny, like really hard. And I'm like, you're going to waltz in here, rock my world and split? At least stay for a cigarette. Okay. <laughs> so I went to Starbucks drive-thru yesterday. The guy put me on holding, got my name wrong. He called me Diane. My name is Dana. I said, I'm going to give you a bigger tip because you put me on holding, got my name wrong. He said, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, no, it's okay. I'm very insecure and I like to be treated badly. Two hours later, I went back to Starbucks because I'm on a liquid diet. <laughs> the guy said, welcome to Starbucks. What can I get for you? I said, it's Diane, back for more abuse. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know what Starbucks doesn't have? Boba tea. Has anyone never tried boba tea? Couple people? Okay, well, I've never tried it either. But according to my five-year-old, it tastes like balls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Um, okay. I went to a pumpkin patch over the fall season. 
And I was in line and there was a woman there and she congratulated me on my pregnancy. Yeah, I said, I'm not pregnant. Then she proceeded to suggest that I try Spanx. Maybe I should Spanx you in the face. <laughs> um, I mean, I get it. You know, I'm shaped like a banana holding a plum. Like, it's fine. Like, people assume I'm pregnant all the time. My doctor loves that joke. <laughs> but um, to suggest Spanx? Like, I don't know. It's rude. Her husband was like, don't be offended. She says the same thing to me. I'm like, well, that's just weird. But, um, well, when you take your wife home tonight, give her a good spanking for me. <laughs> um, I had to tell my five-year-old son he's not getting a baby sister. He said, then why are you so fat? I said, because every time you don't eat your vegetables, I eat your dessert. <laughs> it's like kids are blunt and they have weird slang. I can't keep up with the slang kids use these days. Like my friend's son is a preteen and he overuses the word awkward. Like, uh, I'll be like, have you, oh, how's school going? Do you like your teacher? He's like, uh, awkward. I'm like, okay. And then he'll say, did you see that TikTok video that went viral today? I'm like, no. He's like, uh, awkward. I'm like, why do you keep saying awkward? You're making me feel awkward. You sound awkward. <laughs> But um, how much time do I have? A minute? Okay. Uh, I just signed my son up for swim lessons again. Some people put their kids in swim lessons seasonally only. I put my five-year-old son in swim lessons all year round till he becomes a strong swimmer. I think it's important, you know. I make it a priority. Why? So he can be safe. Enjoy swimming on his own? Build confidence? No. I do it so I can drink. <laughs> You're on the shoulder. Breathe, honey. Kick harder. Mama needs her poolside margaritas. That's all I got. Thank you, guys. Put your hands together for Dana, everyone. All right. Your next comedian on the list, and he's... It's exciting that he's starting to do comedy because he's been one of the most supportive audience members for us. Put your hands together for Alex. Yay! Hooray! Okay, so uh, Inside Out is coming out, and I think that my brand is going to be about emotions. Great start. Um, so I'm currently in the process of getting my CPA license, and I passed all the tests, except the, the one last thing I need to do to get licensed is I have to pass an ethics exam. And the ethics exam is open note, no time limit, take home test. And I spent six hours on it and I failed. Um, and then they'll email you what you got wrong. And then they just said, you're unethical. 
And that's fair because I did steal this hat for Black Friday this year. And uh, I didn't know. Well, I did it out of state, so I didn't think that they would know. But I guess other states talk to them. Um, but I stole it because uh, I wanted to feel alive and powerful. And uh, the other thing that really makes me feel like that is when I flirt with bartenders and they give me a free soda. Uh, not paying for that $3 Coke really hits the spot every single time. And I'm going to keep doing it until I die. Um, damn. Oh, yeah, okay. In my head, that was a better transition, but now out loud, not so much. Um, <clears throat> uh, the other thing that really makes me feel alive is when I get to do something naughty and hanky-panky in a place that I'm not supposed to, mostly in my Uber driver's car, with my Uber driver. <laughs> it's always, and people always get shocked that I, like, tell them that I hook up with my Uber drivers. They're like, how could you do that? I'm like, well, they're not winners. They're Uber drivers, but I have a system, and it goes like this. It, it asks, um, where are you from? Are you single? Do you like men, women, both, neither? What's the tea? Uh, what's the craziest thing that's happened in your Uber? Um, do people flirt with you? Can I flirt with you? Can I suck your dick? It's a very <laughs> clear pipeline that people can follow, and it works 90% of the time. Um, <laughs> my other my other goal since it's uh, the uh, the uh, year's ending up is I want to be petty and ruthless. I have the pettiness down because I went on this date with this guy and it wasn't a great date. But he said that he was going to text me after, and then he never did. And so I did the really mature thing as a petty person, and I fucked his husband because they had open communication. So I just wanted to know that I got the text. Um, but I'm, I'm struggling with the ruthless part. What was my ruthless thing? Oh, yes. Um, uh, my ruthless, I tried being ruthless because, um, uh, I went to this social and, uh, they were going to go dancing afterwards and I tried my first Irish goodbye, which means you don't tell anybody that you're leaving, you just leave. And I'm still feeling guilty about it. So, and that was last month. <laughs> so I don't think I can be ruthless. Uh, which is good because I have a moral compass in there somewhere. And to offset my, you know, naughty things for the government and ethics, I started uh, volunteering at a senior center. And uh, so I get paired with a senior in the community. And then we, I, we like hang out and like intergenerational friendship. And uh, it's been really fulfilling for him. And um, today he said the wildest thing to me. He was like, I went to whatever thing that he went to. I wasn't listening that much. But then I tuned in because he was like, I tried virtual reality for the first time and it made me feel like I was on acid. I said, great, that's one way to relive your childhood. So um, I didn't have a punchline. I thought I would come up with it on the spot. <laughs> and <laughs> that's news to no one. Prepping doesn't help when you do it on the fly. Um, okay, great. These are my new things. So thank you so much. It's so nice that we have people here today who are reacting to people's jokes, and that's so kind and lovely that you're all paying attention. Uh, we have two comics left. Clap your hands together for the next one. It's GD. Yay! Yeah. 
You are not allowed in my Uber anymore, okay? Uh, I'm just kidding. You are always welcome. Don't need to book anymore. You have my number, okay? I'll pick you up from wherever you are, and we'll go to the beach. I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, so my girlfriend, you know, like uh, good girl. We are trying to move to another city, and the task, the responsibility of finding the new apartment, I gave it to her. Last night she calls me and says, "Hey, I found this really f good apartment in Sunnyvale." Yeah, so she's single now. See, I'm from India. I worked really hard to come to the states. Do you think I'm going back anytime soon? Fuck Sunnyvale, shit. She was a crazy girl, you know. One day, random day, you know, like we were in my apartment. The dinner is done. Drinks are done. She says, "Baby, why don't you take all my clothes off?" She did not like cross dressing. I'll give you some time to understand. <laughs> yeah, so as a single guy, I wanted to do something productive in my life. When you are, when you have a breakup, you want to do like, you want to know yourself, right? You want to find yourself. So I went to Amsterdam. In search of meaning, I hired two sex workers. Took them to my hotel room, sat them on the bed, and I told them, "Hey, ladies, I paid you a lot of money. I'm going to the restroom. When I'm back, you better be doing what you like to do with each other. You know." Like, I came back. They were gossiping. <laughs> so I joined them. Yeah, you're right. Your boyfriend has no right to tell you what to do with your body. I support you. Then I went to Prague. Prague is good. The girls are so kind, so polite. Like hundred euros, but so polite. <laughs> I went to this massage parlor in Prague. There was a bunch of girls standing, a bunch of guys from California. How do I know they're from California? I can easily tell. When the massage owner, the owner of the massage parlor, when she asked them, "Would you like one girl or two girls?" Uh, they said, "Oh, that's a good question." So. Uh, that's how you know person is from California. <laughs> that didn't work, okay? So good, like very nice, like 110 euros, one girl, 250 euros, two girls, like lesbian show, uh, and a bottle of champagne. Um, so I uh, took one girl because they would start gossiping again. Uh, then I came back and I then something good happened. I was named the best comedian in in my apartment. Because my roommate left. <laughs> Great, he left. He was like, Wi-Fi on the plane is like it's there, but there's no connection. I should not be talking like that about my wife. But anyways, moving on. <laughs> so I'm alone now. I stay alone, and I like it. As a, like turns out, I like living alone. I might be an introvert, you know. Like I'm such a big introvert, uh, they gave me an anti-social security number. He got it, yeah, ASSN. Can I, sir, can I get a social security? No, you cannot, you can get my ASSN. All right, these were my jokes, thank you so much. GD everyone, I'm not sure if the Amsterdam story was a joke or just a light flex. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm fucking broads overseas, yeah. I'm like, you do you, baby doll, you do you.
They call yeah overseas. They just call them women. No, Amsterdam's amazing. I went there once to. Uh, anyways, I've been there a couple times. Um, I'm the last comic. Cut for me. It's uh, wake up this church meeting. Uh, anybody have any favorite Bible verses they'd like to share? Mark, Old Testament, anything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, on the sixth day, he rested. Uh, no, the sixth day, I don't know what he made. I don't remember. My favorite Bible verse is Leviticus 2012. And it states, if you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. <laughs> I am very stoned right now. And my ex-father-in-law looked a lot like Barack Obama. So sexy guy. Like, yeah. Cool. You know, there's so much talk about race and, and stop Asian hate. And I know we need to stop Asian hate, but even more so, we need to stop Asian on Asian hate. This shit is out of control. My Vietnamese friend called me and she said, Pam, don't trust Chinese women. They're all snakes. I said, you're going to need to calm the fuck down, Nicole. Only some of them are snakes. Some of them, some of them are rabbits and some of them are oxen. And some of them are dogs and some of them are rats. Only some of them are snakes. Come on. Okay, thank you for coming with me on that. People get a little nervous. They're like, what is she saying about snakes? Cool. Oh, Melissa left, but I really liked her act out with the, with the bird. I like, I like act outs a lot. I do. So I, I smoke so much weed and um, it makes me feel like I'm either the smartest person alive or the dumbest person alive. Do you guys want to hear about when I think I'm the smartest person alive or when I think I'm the dumbest person alive? So the dumbest, I am the dumbest person alive. Because I have two accidental gang tattoos. Pam, how could you possibly have two accidental gang tattoos? Well, my, the second tattoo I ever got, I was a theater major in college, and I wanted, to, I wanted to put it on the back of my neck to hide it from my mother. So I got the ancient symbol of comedy and tragedy tattooed on the back of my neck. And I was teaching high school a couple years later at Ocean Shores Continuation up in Oceanside. And one of my kids came up and he's like, oh, Benjamin, smile not cry later essay. If anyone ever keys your car, we got you. And I was like, what? And he says, you have the Norteño gang tattoo. And I got it on my neck, <laughs> which is like a classic gang move. Okay, but Pam, how could you possibly have two so I, when I was in school, I have an MFA in poetry and I, I have some advanced degrees in fiction and my fiction is pregnant with semicolons. It is my favorite punctuation. And so I got a tattoo of a semicolon on my wrist and then I found out after I got it that a tattoo of a semicolon is the symbol for suicide awareness. And I got it on my wrist. <laughs> Traditional place for you to kill yourself. So my very t first tattoo I ever got is on my ankle here. 
and it's a cross with a heart and a fish in it. But that's not a gang. That's a cult. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you all for being here tonight. You're all amazing. And we do this every Monday. Friday, we'll be back here. Tomorrow, we're at OMG. Wednesday, we're at Mars Bar, 7 o'clock. Thursday, we're at Bar on Dolores after the game. Friday, we'll be back here. And Saturday, we're at Atlas Cafe. So join us for any of those. And the last danker is this Sunday at 5.30 because sadly Dakota Price is going back to Texas. But, um, but still, Muni Radio is going to have five open mics a week for you. No problem. Starting in January. Don't worry. We're still going to be here. Uh, just not in this physical location. But everywhere else, we're still going to be there. Okay, thanks again for being here. Thanks for your donations. Have a great night. Yay!
neck getting dirty and gritty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, harder than a match head. But now it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on, if that's all right. If I can eat, it'll be all right. And babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the night in the summer in the city. Summer in the city. Exactly like you own the place You know if silence was golden You couldn't raise a dime Because your mind's on vacation And your mouth is working overtime You quoting figures and dropping names You telling stories and playing games You over laughing when things ain't funny You trying to sound like you don't need If talk was criminal, you'd be life with crime. Because your mind's on vacation and your mouth is working overtime. Promises that you can't keep Don't like this little song I'm singing Just grinning bad All I can say is if the shoe fits wet And if you must keep talking Please try to make it right Because your mind's on vacation And your mouth is working overtime Your mind's on vacation And your mouth is working overtime Thank you. 
expecting to fly Well, I laughed, I wondered whether I could wave goodbye
going to try something tonight that we've never done before. We'd like to bring out the best horn men in New York to help us do it. Would you welcome Howard Johnson, Snooky Young, Joe Farrell, Earl McIntyre, and J.D. Perrin. Would you give them a big hand here?
Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Lafona, L-A-P-H-O-N-A, and this is Bug House Square. It's a, you know, little thing I do on uh, every Tuesday night here on the corner of 21st in Florida in the beautiful Mission where it's always flat and sometimes sunny. Mutiny Radio, that's right. And, uh, uh, man, it's back. The, the shit air is back. It's, uh, you know, we, we, did, we had a pretty good summer, and then the... I don't know where it's burning. I hear up north, uh, Oregon way, but it, what's this, the, the, the worst of it is, is it goes out over the ocean and gets chilled. Yes. And then it gets blown like in at like high speeds into the, uh, into San Francisco and it's like cold. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like cold nastiness. Um, uh, hold on a second. I got to
Um, hold on a minute, all right? Hold on a minute. Let's see. All right, so we're going to do this. Um, I'm bringing this up. Uh, okay. John, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. So before, um, if you can just hang tight. Um, so this is my friend, uh, John, I'm not going to give his last name. He can, if he wants to, I'm not sure if you're still on the lamb or not. So I don't want to like get, <laughs> spill the beans here, but, um, uh, I'll, uh, um, I, I want to just, uh, talk through the records that, uh, um, that we played and then, um, we're going to talk about you. Um, so let me grab these records. Hold on. We had uh, the band in there. Thanks, Scotty gave me a copy of Rock of Ages, uh, the band in concert. Uh, quite, uh, quite a nice copy. It's like a triple fold. I don't know. I, maybe even there's four of them. It just keeps going. I don't have enough room here to even like extend it all. Um, yeah, before that, uh, Jerry Garcia from I don't know. It's just I don't know what this record's called. Um. um Jerry Garcia, copyright. Uh, it's got kind of a hand and a playing card and some knobs on the cover, a gear. Uh, maybe it's the wheel. But we, that's what we played, the wheel. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, before that, uh, Buffalo Springfield from the uh, retrospective record. Yes, we did uh, Expecting to Fly. Uh, before that, Aaron Copeland uh, really psyched about this record uh, complete music for solo piano uh we did uh what did we do kitty kitten uh the cat and the mouse we did uh before that mose allison your mind is on vacation we did the title cut from that before that love and spoonful uh the best of love and spoonful this is a great record it's just chock full of bestness and we did summer in the city um <laughs> War, All Day Music, uh, we did uh, Slipping Into Darkness, kind of, you know, wrapping this whole uh, uh, smoke thing in there. Fire and Water, Free, of course, Fire Creates Smoke. Uh, yeah, I'm on top of things. Not just phoning it in here, man. I just really, <laughs> I plan this stuff out. Uh, Steve Hunter, so I played something that swept away as this record, and we did uh, Sail on Sailor, a Beach Boys song, Instrumental. Steve Hunter was a guy who did, if you like, like Lou Reed, Rock and Roll Animal, uh, the side one, cut one is the intro into Sweet Jane. He's the dude that was that wrote that intro. So I did. That's why I bought this record. I'm still the the jury's still out on that one, but that was all right. I mean, he could play, that's for sure. Uh, Steely Dan, the Royal Scam. Uh, we did Kid. No, we didn't. We did. Um, don't take me. No, I think we did Kid Charlemagne. I don't know. It was such a long time ago. Um, uh, and then we opened up with the Yes album. We did uh, Yours is No Disgrace. Yeah, we did. I wanted to hear that song. Um, I felt kind of, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'm so excited because uh, my friend and, like, wicked musician. Records down. I'm going to pick up this mic. That's all right, so I can get right on it and uh, tell you what I really think. Um yeah, my friend uh, John is uh, in a, uh, a band, Lafona. So I played um, "Excited to Meet You." That was that. Uh, that's one of those songs that we played, and the set. Um, tell me about that song. What What does it mean? You don't have to, but uh, you know, sometimes you, they, they you hold <laughs> yeah, these things. Yeah, I'll take the fifth on everything. Yeah. You have. <laughs> um. Yeah, excited to meet you. So, I mean, without going too far back, at some point. 
in recording stuff. I realized I was trying to tell a story. And from that point, I started really thinking about everything I was doing in terms of trying to tell the story. So um, usually it just comes from that first riff that you make. Right. carries like a lot of DNA that then carries through the whole song. So excited to meet you is basically kind of how I am socially, very awkward, um, <laughs> a lot of stop starts. A lot of exaggeration. I don't know, man. He always struck me as kind of a charming dude, but, you know, that's all right. It's probably, <laughs> we're all waging a war in our heads, right, man? It's just like, Right, right. You know. um, right, yeah, exactly. So my own self-portrait, that's how I see myself, uh, you know. So you got, this, you got this thing, Lafona. I'm, I'm just cutting you off because I'm, I'm like a shit interviewer. I'm just like. <laughs> Please do. I'm very, if I don't get it out now, I'll forget it. Um. So you're telling about uh, you're talking about telling a story, but this these are all um, instrumental songs, which is just like mind blowing to me that that's even like uh, that people think about that, you know, because it's like I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm I I'm not really a uh, a songwriter per se, and uh, so what you gonna walk up and talk to me right now while I'm doing like a radio show or <laughs> right? That's cool. We got that's the beauty of the 21st in, in Florida, man. People just roll in and it's great. But um, so, but that the fact that you're you're gonna do a whole record of of instrumentals and you want to tell a story. So what um, how does that work, man? I mean, what what you know, do you Sean, what 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 ties all that together? Yeah, a million years ago when I was last time you and I were on the air together, um. I, I brought a an album from um, Holst called The Planets, and I played Mars. <laughs> that, I, I, if we knew the exact date, you could go back. It's in the archives because I know I've, I, in once in a while it's in the archives. No so it's it, that's an awesome show. So, in a previous life. Um, it wasn't and, that long ago. It was like that, maybe four or five years, right? Yeah, yeah, four or five years. And okay. then as part of that, like that album came with, you know, it's all classical music, but it, they're tone poems, right? So every... Every work on that album had a poem associated with it. And I okay. read one for Mars, you know, because they played Mars. But it was literally from that album and probably roughly around that same time that it occurred to me that, like, you don't have to have lyrics in order to have a story for music. And not just because it's instrumental and your mind will take you places, but you could actually write, you know, maybe you could write the lyrics, but just not actually sing them. I don't know, John. You're getting a little out there for me. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Let me the clincher. You bring in the clincher. Okay. Closer. (laughs) Is that um, is that when you read things and you hear them in your own voice in your head, it's quite different from when if somebody else reads it or somebody else sings it to you. Absolutely. So a different relationship to the uh, to the story. So. all right, so uh, I'm gonna uh, we're gonna play some more of, of of this record, but um, so you're you're uh, I'm I'm going through Bandcamp, so it here and, and it gives a uh, you know you get a little uh, on the far right you got kind of a bio uh, thing, and um, yeah you're going on you're just you're you're out there man still like uh, just uh, uh, you're growing you're planting seeds and you're harvesting and. Uh, I'm digging all that inner narratives, dreams, filtering fruit. Yeah. All these things are mentioned in your bio. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but I want to get into the recording process. Cause that's when yeah. I, when I listened to this last night, I was like, Holy shit, 
this sounds so good and it's almost um uh i felt bad for myself because it's because it sounded so good and and you know you know how it is when you hear something that's just like oh shit god that's so good and he in this kind of a uh, a peer and a friend and not that I wish you any ill will, but I was just like, man, that, that is so, um, that is so cool and so good. So I want to know, like, I want to know of the recording process. Can we talk about that? Or is this like hush hush kind of thing? <laughs> I'll open the, the sealed out. <laughs> no one, no one's going to hear this anyway. So what, uh, <laughs> what, um, what's like the, um, all right. First of all, I want to know is, is this all you or did you have other people working with you? I mean, it's all me, but I have to say, I have to give props to, um, garage band for supplying drum tracks. <laughs> oh, really? I was just like, that's so, uh, all right. Okay. So, uh, it was, it's, uh, machine drums. Very good because I could have said that that was, you know, that could have been a drummer. I mean, I didn't really, I haven't been listening super critically to that but um that's pretty wild um Good and stuff. yeah and those drum so are you taking um like the drum loops and connecting them together or is it one like all right this is a song you know and just plug your music in here oh, which yeah, is no, what no, like no. Bandcamp can do for you right yeah you can i mean there's definitely like a lot of limitations but but you can um there's also a lot of freedoms so it's not as good, of course, not as good as having a real live human being as right. a drummer, um, which I'd love to have. But um, but yeah, yeah, you know, there's there's some limitations, but once you learn what those are, then there's a lot of options within those. There, but I almost find the opposite when I work with like GarageBand. It's like you go in there and it's and it, you know, I've I've worked through a couple of different versions, and it almost gets like like dumber as with the newest version where you have to work harder to get in to manipulate things where it'd be like, you know, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, click here and we'll create a whole like, you know, drum loop with, you know, background noise for you. And then you can add on it where it was like, I kind of was looking for maybe a, uh, just like a, like a tape deck, right. That I can just hit play and, and record something from a microphone, which you can do. But, um, I I'm amazed at the um, uh, the it sounds uh, it sounds fantastic, man. So you did this whole thing on in GarageBand. Yeah, you know you have to you have to approach it a little differently because if you, of course you have a real dr- human being drummer, then you can create together, right? But right. when you're when you're like with this machine, you, you can say, oh, it can only do this this, and it presents what it can do to you, and then you kind of modify according to that. So it's a, it's a different kind of relationship. Um, but, uh, what were we talking about? Drums, uh, the recording process. So, um, so are you laying uh, like a click track down and doing, and, and you're playing all the, all the guitars then, right? You're playing every all the instruments we hear. Yeah. All the instruments, um, and a little percussion, like, you know, I had to add some fiber slap and some, uh, you know, tambo and, there's a lot going on in there. There's a lot, and there's also kind of like burbling and kind of things like under the, uh, yeah, you know, like and that that kind of stuff is. I mean, it was very uh, complex sounds. You know, I was like, listen, I'm like, God, this is fucking great. 
Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Like I, I'm a huge fan of Tom Waits, and he okay. he does all kinds of like crazy, bizarre sounds. That's funny. You say Tom Waits, and I'm just like, God, that is like 180 from what I'm uh, from La Fona. <laughs> you know, a Tom <laughs> Waits song. But uh, no, go, go on. Tom Waits. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't think of him as a, like experimental uh, recording guy. You know, you don't. No. Oh no, he really is. Uh, not so much from the recording aspect, but more from like the instrumentation aspect. So okay. He'll like he'll have all kinds of like bizarre percussion instruments that he'll play himself or other people will play. Okay. Um, but but yeah, I think it's the case with anything, even with with a, with a real band, you know, like a bunch of different people. There's going to be limitations, but once you've discovered what those are, there's a universe, you know, of possibilities within that. That's uh, fantastic. So, did you do any? Did you consult anybody or anything with this? Or um, you said like mixing? You had like uh, someone doing a, oh, a yeah, mix or a mastering? Or I consider him the second band member. Yeah, Greg Williams, um, who uh, Greed Tone. Greed Tone is his like company. He makes guitar pedals and like really cool stuff. Oh, wow. But he's a sound guy, and he's done um, tons of sound work, including engineering and mastering and mixing and so for for me he did mixing and mastering but just through his his hand he elevated the work so much uh, to me it was like a whole different animal after so, i got back not not because it sounded different just because the dynamics were so present compared to what i had given him and did he give you any like um was it like hey maybe you should do this or that uh, with uh, this no, and that, man, or it was just he just took that. them and 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 twiddled them. I've I've really been trying to to milk that <laughs> cow. I mean, I, he's very um, he doesn't say a lot, right? So I've been begging <laughs> him to give me a little advice <laughs> because I want to use him again. So no, he hasn't given me a lot of information, unfortunately. No, but that's um, uh, you know, uh, kudos to you because that's uh, um, you know. It's just a it's just a great sounding uh, chunk of music. Um, okay, so you're when's the last time you've released anything? This is really the first time. Um, you know, I was with a band uh, back in the mid '90s, and and we recorded an album and we did the, we toured a lot and you know we had a like a brief but very eventful uh, life together. Um, and that ended, and I was pretty much kind of sick of the industry at the time. So, I don't know, I kind of put it on the shelf for a long time um, and tried to find my passion again for it. And it took, it took quite a while. But um, Well, I, I, I just want to say that we, uh, both of us, have uh, uh, kids of a similar age. And we have uh, mutual friends, which we met each other through. And we used to do these kind of classic uh, country barn jam sessions. And it was, it was always a pleasure to play with you because you were, you were just the humblest dude. You and um, uh, uh, Henry were just like so accommodating with any like harebrained idea that someone would have. And you had the chops. I mean, you were just a, a really solid guitar player and Henry could play like everything. And it was, uh, it was such a pleasure, <clears throat> but I, and then I got to say like today when we talked on the phone, I was like, when I heard it, I was like, I want to, didn't want to say I was like surprised, like, ah, oh, I didn't think he had it in you, but, uh, 
I really, it was just like, um, I didn't think he had it in you, man. I was just like, that's like, it was really, it was like, wow, this is good. This could be like on any like soundtrack of a- any movie or, or TV show or whatever. I mean, it's like, it was it just, man, it, from the, from the, um, the sound quality and the recording to the, the material and, and, and everything that's going on and, and the flow and, um, I mean, I was never, I listened to, I think there's uh, seven cuts on here. And I was like, when it was over, I'm like, oh shit, you know, I want more. It was like, sometimes you get, you know, you're like three or four in. It's like, eh, all right. Um, I got, you know, get back to those dishes. Uh, but, um, it was like with your, I was like, uh, you know, I was wrapped, man. I was wrapped. That, uh, that's a first, everything you said is a first in my life. Thank you very much. And, um, <laughs> I have to say, dude, that it's for for the world, I know millions of people are, are listening right now. Um, you've always been, and I think it's time to give Sean some props. You've always been one of my sort of musician heroes, um, and, and maybe the humility you got from me was because I was really wanting to take notes from you, because you've always shown up super creative uh, musically. You know, I mean, it's mostly how we been around each other right um super creative and and not only that but like super important things like humor you integrate sense of humor into your work and like um you have a lot of confidence and also you're a badass guitar player and you don't make a big deal out of it so like all these things come together into this sort of like mythic like um i want to be like that guy kind of thing um so yeah Mythic? All right. All right. Well, okay. Enough of that. But uh, thank you. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm blushing, you know, but thanks. Thanks. Um, so let's get it. What's your, um, uh, what's your favorite cut on this uh, collection here? I know they're all your kids, but what if, you know? Uh, yeah, it's either the excited to meet you or a desert song. Okay. Yeah. The opener, right. That's, that, that's good too. Um, I like them all. There's one like opening band was just like, Oh, that's a, uh, but I kind of then I was like opening band and it, it kind of it, it, I was like on the verge of like, Ooh, I don't know about this. And then it, it kind of it kept me on the edge. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That one. So it's short. One, so it's like, OK. All right, not to yeah. Like, yeah. And then um, uh, Dream of First Contact uh, to me is is, a, uh, is important because I, that was the first one I ever wrote. Um, it's the one that's the most that has the biggest correlation to real life events. Like I really had this dream and it was so real that even now, 20 years later, I'm not exactly sure it was a dream. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, those things kind <laughs> that's of awesome. <laughs> mutate into like, maybe that's it really doesn't happen. matter. Right. It's like, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah I, I could matter. have been, I don't know. But anyway, it's in my brain as, you know, filed in as something that happened to me, you know? Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Um, Hey, what is your, you got a, so you're a California guy, right? Yeah. And, um, were you like into surf music or yes, no, uh, maybe. So like, um, you know, it's funny. I explored the whole surf music kind of thing with, with, uh, with another surf aficionado kind of person. And I realized that I do love surf music, but what I actually love is the elements of surf music, which show up in like, old timey westerns they show up in like morricone like scored yeah the you know, kind of like barrow you know the yeah. reverb uh 
tremolo kind of thing, uh, yeah, whammy barish. Like scary, big, dark guitars, like uh, lots of reverb. I mean, it shows up in surf music, but like when I think of surf music, I don't think of boys or, you know, fun by the bonfire. I think of like uh, something introspective and kind of minor scale and dark. And so, so that's where I'm coming from with the surf angle. And I think that's surf music. I mean, old Westerns definitely embody that dark kind of lonesome, desolate. Yeah. 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 I felt it, man. I felt it like, uh, you know, Desert Song, that was, uh, you know, I mean, like the first first 10 seconds of that song, I was transported. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but surf music, to me, takes it one one step beyond and, like, brings in this kind of, like, color palette that it has some bright colors in it. You know, like, a lot of that dark Western stuff is all very muted, you know, visually in my head. Okay. But surf music brings in this lovely, like, kind of lighter edge. Yeah, um, yeah. And I tend to think about music in those ways as, as how it smells or how it looks or how how it feels, you know, versus how it sounds. I mean, sounds is important, but. No, but it moves along. I mean, all these these songs, all they're not just like, OK, I'm just going to play, you know, like me. If I write a song, you know, I'm just like, it's like, all right, it's three chords. Here we go. And I got some words. And uh, <laughs> but the, your stuff, it's just like moves along and it and it, you know, it goes from one place to the next and comes back around and this 